you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio. <clears throat> welcome to welcome to your Friday. I did try. I actually, <laughs> let me just say, <clears throat> I actually took a sip of tea <laughs> at great risk to myself. Because oh. when you're trying to do things quickly, it can be a disaster no matter what it is. That includes taking a sip of a beverage that is warm. Yes. Okay. Hot. <laughs> um, right before you're going to speak, you know what I mean. There's just the 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 yeah, possibility they could go down the wrong pipe, and so I really am doing my best <laughs> for you, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, because I understand. <laughs> look, I get tired of hearing myself clear my throat. I understand <laughs> how much of a nuisance it is to oh. you. Okay. This only happens as one of our um, excellent <laughs> listeners has already observed. Uh, this only happens twice a year, okay? And it's just got to run its course. <laughs> right, right. It'll be over soon, maybe. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> just bear with me, okay? All right. Um, in my humanity, yes. it is it is as upsetting and aggravating to me as it is to you. You might human. be comforted to know that it also happens when I'm teaching my children. So, I mean, they have to deal with it as well. And you're like, no, that's not comforting because you don't teach them on a microphone. That's true. <laughs> that is true. It is not amplified for them. They just hear the regular. Anyway, welcome to the Friday edition <laughs> yes, of, of Airing the Addisons. We We're glad it. that you're here. Yes. Um, I don't know if I already said I'm Miki. And I'm Will. Not. We are. That's who we are. Yes. Yes. And uh, J-Mac and uh, D. Youngblood are on tap to help us <laughs> <laughs> navigate the show. Yes, um, they're here. <clears throat> We will open the phone lines up today. We'll do a recap of this week's programming and also get to some of our family mail. <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing that until everybody understands what I'm saying. Right. Because you don't want, no, it's not fan mail. It's exactly. fam. Exactly. But I think family mail, mail fam mail is such a great play on family that. Mail. It's great. It's, that's, that's, but you can't hear, good, I need to do like one. a, you know, what is it when on the, on the CB radio, they would, you know, um, what is it? B breaker breaker like you have to say oh, yeah. the say the, the yeah. there's a, I don't know what they are Alpha somebody's Lee, laughing at yeah. yes that gamma yeah, all that whatever stuff. yeah Tom I don't know <laughs> you know what I mean uh, so Beta. so I until <laughs> <laughs> gloriously we are ignorant of what we are <laughs> trying to communicate people understand but th the thing that you guys like about us is that we know we don't know. You, you're like, you know, they don't know, but I like that they know they don't know. Right. And we just say, hey, we don't know. Um, no. But until I make sure that everyone understands what I'm actually saying, because what I'm trying desperately to avoid. Now, somebody petty is going to start typing their email right now. What I'm trying desperately to avoid is, oh, so you got fans now, huh? Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Um but anyway, so we're going to go to some family mail and uh, respond to some of your concerns. One concern in particular that uh, that I felt like, man, I, I really want to make sure to carefully address it. And um, 
And I thought it might be a good conversation. <clears throat> Often when, when we are navigating the program, I just want our listeners to be fully aware. Mm -hmm. um, we have the great and utmost, greatest and utmost respect for the body of Christ and love for the Lord's bride, like so much so. And, and so our aim is not <clears throat> uh, to, to dazzle you with information as much as it is to get the information to you in useful form so that you might be vigilant in contending for the faith mm -hmm. wherever you are. If that's in your family with your children, if that's on your job, if that's in academia, what we're trying to do is to say, okay, what does the Bible have to say about these issues and how do we best navigate the culture um, through the lens of scripture yeah. using the word of God as a straight edge. And so when we have conversations or we have programs where we get an email and someone says, you know, okay, are you saying this? So one of the things I tried to discern myself, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but then also teach our kids to discern, <clears throat> man, my goodness. Merle says you need some, there, right? uh, no, I can't, but okay. Merle <laughs> says you need some uh, throat <laughs> coat tea. Do we have that? Hmm. Do we have that? Sorry. No, that's just we a peppermint tea. Okay, we have I do, all kinds of have teas. A, I have a throat coat fast dissolve tablet. I don't ah. know if that's the same thing that she's thinking about. Um, I've got two different types of throat sprays. I just want you guys to know that I care. Okay? <laughs> the only reason I'm going through that is not to say, oh, I already tried it. I just want you to know that I, that I care. I have two different types of throat spray. Okay? Maybe what I need to do is spray both of those at the same time <laughs> and quit trying one or the other and just... Yeah. Oh, anyways, well, Meryl said, I think Mickey need needs my mints. Woo. Wow. That that will. Those, yeah, that <laughs> may clear you that. up. That may clear my you goodness. Up. And cause me to need a new throat. Um, <laughs> those things are the strongest mints that I have ever. I want to I want to be sure here, but they're the strongest mints that um, <laughs> that I've ever tried. And I was so glad that when Meryl gave us the mints, mm -hmm. she gave a warning and said, be careful because they're strong. And they and are. She so was right. Anyway, um, okay, so mm -hmm. what I was what I was attempting to say is that we try to teach our kids how when someone asks you a question or when someone has a pushback on something you're saying, don't just jump to defend yourself or don't just jump to your pre programmed response. Yeah. Stop and listen for the heart of the question. Listen to what the person is asking. Because so often there is a question beneath the question that is presented. Yeah. Listen to the statements that people are making. So often there is a statement beneath the statement that is being made. And we, we don't usually get to that because, well, there's a number of different reasons. One, maybe we want to just be right. And so we're just trying to pound down our answer, right? Or two, um, our pride is on the line. So we mm. can't humble ourselves and just yeah. listen to get an understanding, which the Bible prescribes that we want to understand, right? Not, we don't, we don't want to just air our hearts. The Bible says that the fool just wants to air his heart. He has right. no interest in understanding. Like, I mean, you know, no, we don't want to do that. We want to understand, right? right? With all of our getting, we want to get an understanding. So, so I try to do that in the instruction of our children and training them and discipling them. And hopefully that they will replicate that. But we also try to do that on this program. So when we get an email where we think, okay, there's a, there's, a, there's a deeper question here. Sometimes we are found just directly responding to the question mm -hmm. and then other times responding to what we perceive to be the deeper problem mm -hmm. here, right? 
And so I've got one of those emails today that there is a there is an actual question. Mm-hmm. But then there is a question that is beneath that question that as I was reading the email, I read it twice and slow. And I just thought, man, I really understand what the sister is asking. And my my response is not to come back with the restatement of my position because my position does not matter. Mm. So my response will be, let's ask the word of God. <laughs> like, let's go yeah. to the Bible yeah. to ask this question. And I know that sounds overly simplistic. I don't mean it to be, but that's just, that's the way we live life. And if, and if we as Christians got back to the simplicity of just saying, well, what does God's word say? Mm. What does God's word say? It would help us to be consistent at the very least. Yeah. Maximum, we honor God. We live for his glory. <laughs> at the very least, we be consistent. Mm. You understand? Like if we just ask, what does the word of God say? And then live according to what we find therein. Yeah. That's how trustworthy the word of God is, by the way. I don't, I don't know if people understand that, that, that you, you read the word of God and you've read it your entire life, if, if this is in fact true for you. You've read it your entire life. And how is it that you could be walking through something at this moment, whatever age you are, today mm-hmm. years old, and you're reading it, and here all of a sudden it is speaking to that situation. Mm-hmm. And you have read that so many times, but you're like, oh my goodness. Why? Because it's God's living word. Amen. And, and it's just that powerful, right? It's just that big. So, so that's what we'll, we'll do, and that's what we try to do um, with all of the programs. Um, reminder about the Marriage Family Life Conference yes. that is coming up July 6th. Yep, to, to the 8th. Yep. To the 8th. July 6th to the 8th, Marriage Family Life Conference happening here in Tupelo, Mississippi, the Cadence Bank Arena. Uh, it's going to be a great time. If you can go, you can go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, and register. Right now we are in our early bird uh, registration period, so it's register today. Mm-hmm. Go today, you know, yeah. and uh, get that discount. Um, but man, it's going to be a great time. The Lord has uh, continuously met us at these conferences, you know, yep. and uh, he has done what he desired to do in the hearts of people. And so we praise God for that. And we look forward to uh, that happening again. Um, remember that the Marriage Family Life Conference is a conference with as a conference within the conference for our children as well. The Youth Apologetics Track for ages four to 17. So this is a whole family event, you know. Now, if you have a, a child that's younger than four you have to keep them uh, with you. We don't have uh, child care for that. But, you know, we have a room that if they get kind of fussy, they can go. You can go with them, and, you know, and you can still hear what's going on and see what's going on uh, during the conference. So we try to make, you know, make it as easy as possible. But it's a Marriage Family Life conference. Uh, go to marriagefamilylife.net and register today. Our early bird rate is still uh, available today. So Marriage Family Life. Uh, speaking of the Marriage Family Life Conference, got an email from a wonderful sister. I won't say her name or go into much detail because some of it I feel like will just identify people and maybe you don't want to be identified. I don't know. You didn't <laughs> say that we could or couldn't. Um, but I thought it was so neat to get an email this past weekend that um, that she is coming to the Marriage Family Life Conference and has been wanting to come for quite a while yeah. um, and was blessed with this conference trip as a gift from her husband and so um we're definitely looking forward to meeting you it so warmed our heart to read your email um so we want to be able to greet you and your husband and i think the two children you said that you still have at home Mm -hmm. um we are looking forward to it so thank you so much uh coming all the way from iowa cannot wait to meet you make sure you find us because that's another thing that sets this conference apart we're all over the place (laughs) right yep if you have friends that you attended (laughs) with 
you guys have already talked about me behind my back <laughs> about my screaming kid in the stroller last year. Oh, oh man. <sighs> that one. You've already talked about me behind my back. Anyway, this year it's going to be different, new and improved, because he's older and so much more mature, which means he's not going to be in the stroller. He'll be walking behind me screaming. <laughs> right. <laughs> Guys, I'm going to be here all week. Okay. Well, it's the anyway, now. Mer- so. <laughs> <laughs> and somebody's like, you don't presume. Yeah, hey, by the grace of God. All right. All right. Um, marriage, family, life. Dot net yes. marriagefamilylife.net make sure you check it out i hope that you can come because it, it truly is a family um driven experience in every way and what i mean by that is that all of the american family radio hosts are there pretty much the live host let me just say that yes and so and and we are all over the place like there's there's no like you know we don't <laughs> have like a, a cell that we keep the afr hosts in you know <laughs> right, what i mean right. like we're we're all walking around you'll see many of us with our kids You'll yeah. see many of us just hanging out and talking and, and praying with people and, and being the body of Christ mm-hmm. because that is so important to us, that we Amen. are the body of Christ. Amen. We are all placed in his body to equip and, and, and to play the role that we each play. Mm-hmm. And so we are aware that we happen to play a role on a national level where we call your attention to issues. We're not unaware of that, but we also recognize that that doesn't make us any better than anybody else. That's right. That's right. There's too much celebrity in the body of Christ. We don't like it. So anyway, so we do things different at MFL. You'll feel that if this is your first time coming. If you've been coming for many years, you've already felt that. And that's why you keep coming. And Mm. we appreciate that. All right. Moving on. Let's recap the week and look at what we're going to get into because we're going to open the phone lines. So you'll be able to respond to what we talk about today. And you can respond to what we've talked about all week that may be. Again, you know, because we didn't get to open the phone lines. And so you wanted to comment. You can do some of that today. Uh, On Monday, we talked about the concerns that you weren't allowed to have. Mm. There's a difference between dying from COVID and dying (laughs) with COVID. Mm. Thank you, Dr. Wynn. Um, (laughs) On Tuesday, we reminded you to remain vigilant, which, man, what an intense program. Parents strongly cautioned not to listen to that with your kids. Um, but just grieves you and reminds you that there is an insidious fight um, in a realm that we don't see, but it is a fight nonetheless. That's right. Uh, On Wednesday, Brother Will asking the question, can you feel me? Yes, yes. How Jesus was acquainted with our uh, sorrows and our infirmities Mm -hmm. and grief. But, you know, and we can go to him now because he's our great high priest and he felt the feelings of our infirmities. Oh, man, what a comfort that is. And then yesterday uh, we talked about love and, and talked about the disappointment, I guess, in some ways, not a new thing, but coming from Amy Grant. So mm. anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about that. That kind of will segue into the letter, the email that we received. We'll deal with that on the other side of the break. Aaron the Addisons, stay right there. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. That's our um, that, that that right there is our saying. We still love you, Taron Wells, even though last Friday <laughs> we had a huge problem with one of your songs. That's our way of saying. See what we were doing there? We're saying, "Hey, brother, we just didn't like that." 
<laughs> you're okay. Right, your other songs. And, and your other songs are, you know what I mean? Yeah. The ones for which is true. So, yeah, you know what I mean? That's what we're saying. Because we're able, and we like this word in our in our culture today, we're able to be nuanced. <laughs> yes. Like, it's a, not the, you know what I mean? Like, you, we just, we just want to say, I don't like that song, but I like this song. And so you're mm. cool. You're good. Yeah, you know? you're good. <clears throat> All right, so... <laughs> Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's the Friday edition. Mm-hmm. Um, I was trying to decide. Will the great you can help me with this? I was okay. trying to decide um, if we. Our brother Ken reached out to us and yes. he had a great response. What's up, kid? Um, Ken is a professor, so his email was three pages when you put in a word document. <laughs> Ken is a, um... three pages when you put in a word document. Okay, it's two pages and a third, but <laughs> let's let's just round it up, Ken. He's an right. NFL conference attendee from way back. He might have came to the first the one. The first one. Yeah. First and, yeah. and, and everyone since I, I feel like yeah. that we did it. I feel, I feel like, like I want to say. So so Ken sent sent us an email um on our music show that we did on Friday. And um it was a lot of great information to read. One of the things he included in there was a link um where we could listen to the reason behind naming the song Reckless Love, the song that we did, yes, Corey, Corey Asbury's uh, right. Reckless Love. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, of course, I, I wanted to check that out because I hadn't heard uh, Corey Asbury talk about the reason for why he named the song what he did. Yeah. I will say, um, oh, and by the way, this is important to note, uh, Ken was not saying that he thinks the song is should be named that way. He said right. that it might just be helpful just to hear him say what he thought. He said, Basically, I don't I don't like the title of the song. I think I'm fair in summarizing him that way. Yeah. Uh, but I watched the the video clip and I want to play it for you. Now, you, listen, it's about three minutes and he gives this description here uh, during a worship set. So you'll hear the song playing behind him in the background, which is a nice touch for radio. Um, but you'll hear him giving the description for why he named the song Reckless Love. Um, I could tell you now or I could tell you later when we come out of it what I think. All right. I'll tell you now. I still don't like it. Um, I still, still don't like it called Mita. reckless love. I know, I know. Just you know. Anyway, but but I do like that he at least is thought out mm-hmm. in why he named the song the way he named it, and even going to scripture to say this is what he sees. Mm-hmm. I think you still have to be careful and show great reverence for the Lord and not make him like us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As if he is we he is made in our image. And I think in some ways, even the description that he gives kind of kind of does that. I think it kind of reduces God uh, to man. And I think we have to be careful. So anyway, and no, not, say if, you know, there go may ahead. be some people that agree with this, um, with his reasoning. Sure. If, you can let us know, you know, when we open the lines. Open the phone lines. I'd love um, to hear it. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. I, and I know this came, this was out like years ago, but I had never heard it. I hadn't heard it. Hadn't heard yet, it. So. so let's let's play it for our listeners now so that they, I think this goes into the category of being fair. Yeah. Yes. It does. Roll it. So it's now the tax collectors and sinners are all gathering around to hear Jesus. The Pharisees and teachers of the law mutter. This man welcomes the sinners and eats with them. The religious people are mad. It sets the stage and Jesus pipes up. He told them this parable. He says, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country? and go after the lost sheep until he finds it. And after he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. He calls his friends, he calls his neighbors together and says, rejoice with me because I found my lost sheep. And I tell you that in the same way, 
There will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't. <laughs> Man, he's that good. I wanna just read a couple thoughts, just share a little bit of the story behind this song and then we'll sing that bridge one more time and we'll go nuts, we'll see what happens. So when I use the, the phrase, the reckless love of God, when we say it, we're not saying that God himself is reckless, he's not crazy. We are, however, saying that the way he loves is in many regards quite so. But what I mean is this, he's utterly unconcerned with the consequences of his actions with regard to his own safety, comfort and well-being. His love isn't crafty or slick, it's not cunning or shrewd. In fact, all things considered, it's quite childlike. And might I even suggest sometimes downright ridiculous. His love bankrupted heaven for you, for me. His love doesn't consider himself first, it isn't selfish or self-serving. He doesn't wonder what he'll gain or lose by putting himself on the line. He simply puts himself out there on the off chance that you and I might look back at him and give him that love in return. His love leaves the 99 to find the one every time, and to many practical adults, that's a foolish concept. But what if he loses the 99 in finding the one, right? What if? Finding that one lost sheep is and will always be supremely important. His love isn't cautious. It's a love that sent his own son to die a gruesome death on a cross. There's no plan B with the love of God. He gives his heart so completely, so preposterously, that if refused, we would think it irreparably broken. Yet he gives himself away again and again and again and again, time and time again. Make no mistake, our sins do pain his heart, and 70 times seven is a lot of times to get your heart broken. And yet he opens up and allows us back in every single time. His love saw you when you hated him and all logic said they'll reject me. He said, no, I don't care what it costs me. I lay my life on the line as long as I get their hearts. To make it personal, his love saw me, broken down kid with regret as deep as the ocean. My innocence and youth poured out like water. And he found me and he put me on his shoulders and he carried me on because he's just that good, he's just that kind. He's a father that never gives up. Okay, so mm -hmm. I still, I, I, I personally still feel mm -hmm. like that description does not apply to God, even though it's very poetic in the way that he's describing it. But I feel like the, the description just confirms what I was concerned that he was communicating. Um, God's love is not reckless. And it is, it is not um, displayed toward us. God's love is not displayed toward us without thought of the consequence of it. Mm. Like, of course, the consequence is considered because it's the love of God that leads us to repentance. Mm -hmm. So God's love intends that we repent. It intends a consequence. So it's not a love that's, you know, doesn't expect a consequence. And and I don't want to just hang on that. I just, I understand the poetry behind the song. I, I don't like the, the use of the word reckless. Mm -hmm. And when he described it, I still, I don't think that God's love should be viewed that way. But of course that's just me. We'll open the phone lines and get your um, and get your take on it, uh, and it's fine if you disagree with me. We don't have to fall out over it, like we say in New Orleans. Like we don't have to fall out and not be friends. Um, hopefully, Corey Asbury doesn't dislike me now. 
And he's like, Miki, who? I mean, but still. Who are you? I don't, I don't even know who you are, girl. Like, I don't even know. Um, that's fine. Okay, so, so that's that. The other thing, before we run out of time, because I really want to make sure that we can open phone lines today and get a significant amount of calls in. So we got this email from a dear sister, Mary, who um, sent this email in to uh, comments, and then it was, it was forwarded to me. And so as I was reading it early this morning, I actually thought, oh, man, you know, I understand the question behind the question, right? So here's the email, and, uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best uh, to respond to that. She said, um, Miki said on the show today, this was yesterday's show, Miki sh- uh, said on the show today that being homosexual is being turned over to a reprobate mind. I want to know if Miki is saying that a homosexual is losing uh, their salvation by continuing a homosexual lifestyle. Homosexuality is a sin. So is one sin greater than another? Mm, I have two college children participating in this lifestyle, Mm. and I have done a deep dive into this research. However, everywhere I turn, I am told by theologians, even on AFA, or so guessing on the radio here, AFR, that um, these theologians state that you cannot lose your salvation. And so she wants to know what I'm saying here. And so let me mm. just say this, and I want to be very careful. Mm. This is going to wow. probably take us to the break, right? <laughs> um, so when I read this very early this morning, um, I paused for a second. I thought, mm, okay, I understand. I understand. So what my sister is asking is, am I saying that her children are going to hell? That's what she's asking. Mm-hmm. And, and also saying, how, how, how can you say? Because I think salvation. she, right. Yes. And I think she's presuming that I'm saying that her children are going to hell. And then how can you say that when all sin, are, sin is the same? Like, so, you mm-hmm. know, how can you have a person who does this? But then, you know, so, so what I want to do <clears throat> is I, I want to look at a series of scriptures and just ask questions about those scriptures. Like mm-hmm. just what does God's word say? Now, listen, I understand the great theological debates um, about the once saved, always saved, and however people say that. I believe in the security of the believer. I believe that those who are saved are the Lord's, okay? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm convinced, and I'm going to paraphrase this, I need to commit it to memory so I can get it in order that neither life nor death nor things to come, like heights or depths. Okay, I should, I should memorize that better, that nothing's going to pluck us from the hands of God. Like, we, I, I, I believe that, right? That we have a security because the reason we are secure is because of being in Christ. So I believe that. I do believe, though, I will say this. There are many people, and I, why do I believe this? One, the Bible says, and then two, um, you see it. There are many people who believe themselves saved and they are not. Mm. They believe that they are followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and they are not. The Bible has given us some markers to look for and that we look for fruit in the life of a believer. The Bible has also told, told us and taught us very clearly that anyone claiming to be a follower of Jesus Christ cannot claim to walk in light and walk in darkness at the same time. These things are mutually exclusive. So I want to, I'll look at, um, well, let me do something that I think is really important that sometimes we miss. And liberal um, Bible readers do this. Liberal theologians do this. They try to separate the apostles' letters 
from what Jesus spoke mm. as if here's what Jesus said. Right. Right. Okay. That's, but then you got Paul and you got right. John over here. Okay. <laughs> so they, they do this like little like juke thing where yeah. it's like, so that's a, that's the word right here. And then here's their opinion. So what I want to do is show you that not even Jesus did that. Jesus didn't say, um, here's what I'm saying to you. And so just here's what I'm saying to you. No, actually, and, and I'm going to turn to it. So bear with me because this is so important that we have a right view of God's word. This is the kind of time that we take in training our children. This is the kind of time that we take in answering their questions because you will encounter even in the church people who will say, well, Jesus said this. Now, Paul said this, but Jesus said this, or John said this, or Peter. Okay, so here is what Jesus said, actually. And I'm, I'm going to um, I'm gonna turn to John chapter 15. And I'm hoping that people will maybe go back and listen to the, to the podcast and, and then write these scriptures down and go look at it for yourself. Like, just go lay eyes on it, because I think it's something that's so profound that, that so many of us could could put a nail in the coffin of this discussion of like, well, Jesus didn't say that the apostles said that. Well, the Bible actually shows us that Jesus put the apostles word on the same plane as his own. Now, almost, almost as if the Lord knew they would be writing scripture, (laughs) almost as if the Lord knew, right? Okay. So, so here we go. And I'm saying that obviously being facetious. All right. So a couple things, um, John chapter 15 verses nine and 10 we, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. The Lord Jesus makes it very clear that those who obey remain in the love of the father, mm-hmm. remain in the love of the son. Mm-hmm. Jesus put himself in that category as I have obeyed the father and remain in his love. Mm-hmm. So in verse 10, it says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Mm-hmm. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Okay. But then if you drop down in the same chapter in verse 20, this is what Jesus said. Now, think about this for a second. This is what Jesus said in verse 20. He says, remember the word that I said to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. So Jesus links his words to the apostles words. He is saying If they do what what I have said, then they will also do what you have said. In other words, Jesus is putting the apostles words and what they will write. Why? 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 Why is this important? Because the apostles are tasked with establishing the Lord's church. They are tasked with keeping, writing and establishing doctrine as the Holy Spirit leads them. Mm -hmm. So it's the spirit of Christ through the apostles. This is how we get the apostles letters. This is how we get the doctrine that we have coming to the church. And this is so important for us to understand. When you look at Acts chapter two, the Bible says what? That they are continuing in fellowship and the apostles doctrine. Mm -hmm. So they are teaching, they are laying down doctrine. This is not an afterthought to the church. How do we know that they know they are writing scripture and laying down doctrine? Well, because the apostle Peter writing in his book, in his letter, says that the apostle Paul's words are sometimes difficult to understand. And, you know, he says that the wicked twist the apostle Paul's words just as they do the other scriptures. Mm -hmm. So in real time, the apostles understand what God is using them to do 
and is carrying them along to do by spirit. Why am I establishing all of that? Because when you get to the commands that come from scripture, you have to understand it's not mere man's suggestion. This has come from God himself. We'll take a break and be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm going to do this. I I'm, I want to say some more about this. Obviously, that's uh, the thought is not complete, but I want to open the phone line so that we can at least um, get some calls queued up so that we get some calls in this segment. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. By the way, I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And let's give him Jesus. JP got saved featuring five. Okay. And the reference there um, to Second Peter when you have the Apostle Peter validating the Apostle Paul, the, 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 what is meant to be understood there, what should be understood as we read it, is a confirmation that the Apostles don't think that they're just writing letters, that, that they are writing doctrine. They, they know that they are establishing something that is foundational to the church. Um, this is in Second Peter chapter 3, and I'm going somewhere with this, and I'm going to try to get there quickly. Second um, uh, Peter chapter three verses uh, fifteen and sixteen. The Bible says, "And regard the patience of our." Mm, I'm going to start fourteen. Okay, therefore, <laughs> beloved, since you look for these things, be diligent to be found by Him in peace, spotless and blameless, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. Just as also our beloved brother Paul, mm-hmm. according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, mm-hmm. which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. Mm-hmm. So the rest of the sauce. What does that mean? That means that what you have in your hands, what I'm okay. If I, you have sauce and I say the rest, it's also sauce. So it's right. right? So this is scripture. All right. So that's important for us to understand because when you have the apostle Paul who are saying that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Okay. And, and then he goes through this list and, and by the way, and this is what I think is, is sometimes difficult because you have the Apostle Paul who's writing to Christians. Mm-hmm. He's writing to the Corinthians. These are believers. So, so what is the difference between like stumbling in many ways and then making a practice of sin, which the Apostle John actually laid out and said that no one who is following Jesus makes a practice of sin. Yeah. And that is, that is so important for us to understand. So here's the big problem I think that we are facing in the church today. While we say all sin is the same, right? We are saying that with a move to protect certain sin. Mm. So we don't really believe that (laughs) because if we're saying that all sin is the same, then we wouldn't be trying to protect our particular sin. We would be saying, oh, it's going to be judged. Oh, my goodness. The wages of sin is death. We we wouldn't be if we really believe like it's all the same. Right. No, it's actually in its consequence, eternal destruction. Yes. But in the meantime, there's a grave difference. Mm-hmm. especially when you deal with the sin of homosexuality. What do I mean? Because the sin of homosexuality in particular, and, and especially the, the sexual presentation of sin in our culture today is doing something that historically, you know, we, we would have recognized immediately. 
but now we've kind of turned our eye and we're not willing to, this type of sin is seeking to change the mind of God on sin. <laughs> it, is, it is seeking to say, this is not sin. God doesn't judge this. I am free to do this particular sin mm-hmm. with, with, with impunity. I won't be punished for this. So if you, if you take a step back, any faithful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you take a step back, you would see that actually, no, we're, we're not trying to say that all sin is the same. We're actually trying to give special protections to certain sin that we want to exalt and celebrate in our culture, which is dangerous. So here's what I am not going to do. I am not going to speak for the Lord. His word is sufficient. The Bible says very clear that the Lord knows those who are his. So it is not my place to say your son is this or your daughter is that. What I would say is this. Let the scriptures be the litmus test. Come on. Straight edge. That's the straight edge of scripture. So and here's the thing, man, and I don't have time because I do want to get some calls in. Oh, my goodness. But it's so worth unpacking. Guys, when we cannot read the New Testament, we should not read the New Testament in isolation. You've got to read the totality of God's word. You have to understand that God in his sovereignty is painting one big picture for us. Okay, the theme of scripture is Christ. We we follow, as they as they call it, that red thread through scripture, Mm -hmm. you know, all pointing to Christ and then looking back at Christ. Okay, Mm -hmm. this is so important for us to understand When you read the Old Testament, there is a lot of it that we're tempted to look over because we're just like, well, that's kind of weird. You know, I don't I don't understand that, especially when when you get to some of the laws and you get to some of the requirements for community, especially among um, the Jews. You're you're like, I don't understand. But but look, if, if you if you read Deuteronomy chapter 13, I really believe that this is a foreshadow that that paints a picture of the expectation, not only of the people of God, but well, and this is, we are the church, right? And I, I don't have time cause I want to squeeze in some calls here to see how God sees sin. Mm. If you read Deuteronomy chapter 13 and, and please go take some time and read that read Deuteronomy chapter 13. You can see how God sees sin. You can see how God outlines, <clears throat> excuse me, the effects of sin left unchecked. Now, in the Old Testament context, okay, the, the payment for that, it is, it is foreshadowing, it is showing you how egregious sin is. And so the payment for it is death. In the New Testament, that is not changed, right. okay? The payment is still death. In the Old Testament context, there are relational parameters that are listed in Deuteronomy chapter 13, And it specifically deals with relationships that will threaten the integrity of God worship among the Israelites. So it gives parameters for relationships. And I I can't read it all, but I'm going to start with it. Okay, so look at this. This, I'm going to look at verse six for you here. This is Deuteronomy chapter 13. It says, and this is about this is God's um, command to his people that they are to be warned about idolatry. They are to be warned not to be pulled away to worship a God that they have not known. Now, listen to this. Okay, this is so critical. And in verse six, it says, if your brother, your mother's son or your son or your daughter or the wife you cherish or your friends who are your friend who is as your own soul entice you secretly saying, let us go and serve other gods whom neither you nor your fathers have known of the gods of the people who are around you, near you or far from you, 
one end of the earth to the other end. You shall not yield to him or listen to him and your eyes shall not pity him, nor shall you spare or conceal him. Then the Bible goes on and says what the instructions are. And the only reason I'm not giving the instructions is because I know that right wing watch is waiting for me to read that on the air <laughs> so they can say Miki advocates for. OK, so I am not going to give them that soundbite. But you go read Deuteronomy chapter 13. This is an Old Testament foreshadow. This tells us what our sin deserves. Mm -hmm. This shows us what Jesus paid for us, that the wrath of God for our sin is poured out on him. That he pays the penalty for our sin. But what is critical for you to recognize in Deuteronomy chapter 13 is that what God is saying to his people is that there is going to be a very strong pull on you by people closest to you. And these people stand the best chance of drawing you away from the one true and living God. But you don't pity them. You don't pretend like, oh, no, nope. God says, judge it. And then he says, you go read it. Deuteronomy chapter 13. He says, you be the first one to judge it. Now, what does this look like in the New Testament context? First Corinthians chapter five. First mm -hmm. Corinthians chapter five picks up here in the New Testament context. What do we do? We expel the immoral brother. Paul said this boasting of yours is not good. Expel the immoral brother. You can't. Don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? It spreads. It's the same thing in the Old Testament. This is going to spread among you. You guys put this away from your midst. I don't care how close you are to these people. Don't let them draw you away from the one true and living God. Now, I'm going to make it this point and then go to the phone lines. Why does that matter today? Because when we have best friends and when we have children and when we have siblings who are creating for themselves a God that they want to worship and we go along with them and we say, oh, yeah, that's right, because you're good. Like, of course, and I love you. Then what now you're doing is worshiping their God. You're worshiping the God that they have created, the God that they say doesn't judge sin and I can do whatever I want. And he knows my heart. Absolutely. He does so much. So he sent Jesus Christ to die for that heart. Yeah. So my response is this. The Bible has spoken clearly on several things, who God is, the nature of man what we are in desperate need of and the fact that there is a remedy given that is available to us if we would come to him in faith, but we are not left there. The Bible then outlines for us how we are to live. If in fact we are truly followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And guess what? God is not changing those parameters because of our relational ties to people. We've got to recognize that. All right, 888-589-8840. Will the Great, where do we go first? All right, let's go to Janet in Texas. Hi, Janet. Hey, uh, thank you very much for all that you do, for taking the stand for truth and righteousness. God bless I you. want to share with you that uh, that song, Reckless Love. You know, when I first heard that song, I said, is he saying reckless? <laughs> and I listened to it. I said, yeah, he is. That did not bear witness with my spirit at mm. all, because God's love is precious and holy. Amen. And it's mighty, powerful, full of love mm -hmm. and mercy and grace. And to me, when he said the word reckless, he's, I mean, it was equal to the word careless. Mm. And God's word is perfect. Jesus Christ is God come in the flesh. Mm -hmm. His love is perfect. 
he cared so much that he gave his one and only begotten son, the Heavenly Father did, Jesus Christ, to die on Calvary's cross to pay for our sins. And he rose from the dead to give us life eternal. There Come is on. nothing reckless, nothing careless about God's love. I he agree with God. you. God. He is Amen. holy. And Amen. When, God, when you invite Jesus Christ in your heart and life to take away your sin, you are a new creation. Mm-hmm. Old things are passed away. Behold, uh, behold, all things are become new. And for anyone that wonders that, well, I don't know, you know, if I'm going to be this way and this way and my lifestyle, you are a new creation if you're truly saved. Amen. God bless you, sister. Look, I, I agree with everything that you've said. Thank you so much again for a clear presentation of the scriptures is so important or of the gospel is so important for us to understand what God has secured for us in the Lord Jesus Christ. That was not a reckless act uh, without regard to what he was giving. I don't care what it costs. I'm just going to give it. No, Jesus was laying down his life and he was doing that in obedience to the father for our benefit. I mean, you know, just, uh, yeah, it, it matters that we sing the truth about God. Thank you so much, sister. I appreciate you. Will the great, where do we go next? Let's go to rich in Texas. Hi, rich. Hey, how's it going? I'm going to give you a uh, quick mic drop, okay? Okay. <laughs> what, Amy Grant, what Amy Grant should have done and what Christians should do is stand. And when you've done all you can do to stand, continue to stand. And if they hate you for it, Jesus said they will hate me first. Boom. Mm, boom. I agree. <laughs> Thank you, Rich. I agree. We're gonna, we got to get ourselves a mic drop sound yes. and, and name it Rich. <laughs> God bless you, brother. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Logan in Texas. Hi, Logan. Hey, guys. Um, y'all are awesome, dead on, and I love that. God bless um, you. Real quick, I'd say all sin, you know, any sin can separate you from God, mm-hmm. but sin is definitely looked at different by God. You, you yes. see certain sins he hates, and mm-hmm. he expresses that. And then on the homosexuality, I'm not going to lie. We're, we're talking about this in Bible study. And, you know, you're going to go through Matthew, remain in me. You're going to go into this to where if you love me, you obey my commandments, mm-hmm. endure to the end. And then you get to Paul in Romans 1, do not deceive yourself. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that those two girls are not deceiving themselves. And church history is something we looked into. There is a letter from one church to another in the first two centuries to where a man is a new convert, but his job has him kind of in a homosexual atmosphere. Mm. And the pastor writes to the other pastor, hey, can you help bear this man's burdens so that he doesn't feel like he has to go back into that job, help support him and find him a new one, get him out of this. Mm. And seeing that letter to how the church, first early church was handling this, you know, very specifically, it was just really neat getting into church history to see how they've dealt with it before. Oh man, wow. Logan, I, I almost wish you could hold on the line and uh, Dr. Youngblood is there. I, man, I I'd love for you to email us a copy of that letter, or maybe I can just ask you if you could email it to Addison's at AFR.net. I love church history as, as you might be aware. I, I would love to lay eyes on that. I've, I haven't heard that before. Um, Addison's at AFR.net. I really appreciate it. Let's try it. 30 seconds. Can we squeeze in a 30 second call? Uh, yes. No? David. <laughs> David in Texas. Hi, David. Hey, how's it going? Good, good. We only have a <laughs> There's few seconds. great hope in prayer. The, yes. the prayers of the righteous avail us much for our children in homosexuality. 
There's so many testimonies of Jesus coming and saving them and restoring them. Amen. <clears throat> and, um, and so we, uh, um, we've seen that so many times. And so don't lose hope. David <laughs> committed great sin, mm-hmm. yet he was forgiven and restored. Man, and you know, let me, let me say this. I know I got to jump in. I'm sorry to step on you, brother. That's an excellent point that you're making. So we shouldn't lose hope, but we've got to recognize that we need to pray for our children to be saved and not be in denial. Amen. Until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.